0: Welcome back to another episode of Seeing Life from a Different Angle. This is podcast number 18. And today I thought I would take a little different twist on some of the things that we've been talking about and kind of talk about society. Because there is, I think, valid reason for us to be concerned about the way that our society, our culture is shifting, is twisting. The truth of it is, it's nothing new but it just takes on different forms different variants you know i think when we think about the different ways that we deal with the tension and the stress of life you know we we can think about the things that we do for ourselves things that other people might do for us or the things we might fantasize about whatever the case might be but one way or another you know there are these things you know we can find ourselves exercising a great deal. We can find ourselves, you know, spending time with people that make us feel better about ourselves, even if there is really a connection there. And all of it really designed, not f- for the purpose of connection, not for love, but really for us to ease the tension of our lives, ease the tension of our minds really more than anything. We've talked before about the idea of there being what I refer to as artificial pleasures. You know, in that place of subsistence in life where we're just struggling to get through day by day or we don't feel like there's much joy or certainly there are no connections in our lives. You know, we, we find ourselves seeking the reduction of tension in this artificial sort of way. You know, these ways of drugs or alcohol or masturbation or pornography or any number of other types of sexual things or aggressive types of things. And we find ourselves getting gratification this way. I refer to it as artificial because it's not really truly gratification. Because it isn't really about what would bring something to us. As we've talked about before, it really takes something away from us. And that something is tension. The difficulty of course is this and we all know this to be so is that it is much like i refer to it as chinese food pleasure you know we you eat a little bit of chinese food or eat a whole bunch of chinese food and moments later you're hungry again and in many ways that's the same idea artificial pleasures they gratify us for the moment but then the gratification is gone and it may give us a thrill for that moment it may give us a thrill to engage in something that eases the tension and gives us the illusion that it is pleasurable. But in truth, after a few moments, that pleasure, that gratification is gone. And so we really can't say that it is actual pleasure. But the thing that I wanted to explore is how it is that society, you know, especially and sadly, I can only really say with any true certainty in these United States, we have certainly turned toward a society that is bent upon that measure of reduction of tension you know it isn't a society any longer if it ever really was a society based on love and on connection with other people I think we'd like to believe that in the good old days it was that way but I think since the beginning of time with man and one of the things that Christ had talked about is that we must love our neighbor as we love ourselves And one of the arguments I know within psychoanalysis is, well, what if I don't love myself? How can I love my neighbor? And why would I love my neighbor? What value does he serve for me? I think in so many ways we live that way. We don't live, nor have we really ever lived to connect with other people in a way that would truly be healthy for all of us. And that's a sad statement, but I think a valid one when we think about how we as human beings relate to each other. It doesn't take much effort to see it. You know, living in New Hampshire and travelling down to Boston, you know, the you can see it in the way people drive. You can see it in the way people interact with each other. I said hello to somebody outside of the Museum of Fine Arts this past weekend and you thought I had given him a gift of the greatest amount of gold because he looked at me as if to say, No one ever says hello to me. And yet when I said hello to another person, they scowled at me like I was trying to steal from them. You know, and I think it's a sad statement that we live in a society that has become so used to disconnection and fear, you know, because really what is it other than I need to hold on to what it is I've got and you can't take it away from me. And like, you know, I have addressed before, you know, love is about connection. Fear is about self-preservation. And so the scowling face says to me, you know, okay, well, you're trying to take something from me. I am enjoying the quiet. I am enjoying the fact that I am alone in this world and nobody can interfere with my life or do anything for me or take anything from me. You know, it goes back to when I was a kid watching The Twilight Zone. And I remember an episode with Burgess Meredith in it. And he... Is an avid reader and loves to read, but he doesn't like other people. And so he goes to the library because it's quiet. And because even though there are people there, there's no talking. And so he can read and read and read. And it's all a wonderful thing for him. But then he has to go back to his everyday life and his real job. And, you know, he finds when he wakes up one day that the world has changed dramatically. There are no more people. And so he is elated. I don't have to deal with people anymore. And we probably all know people like this, we may be people like this, but he races to the library so he can read. And on the way to the library, he trips on the stairs and breaks his glasses and there's no one there to repair them. And I think the sad piece of it is we never think about the consequence of the choice that we have in life. Do we stop and think about what it is that we are really going to get into if we pursue these artificial pleasures in our life? You know, do we think about the fact that we may become addicted to these things, whether it is pornography or whether it is drugs or whether it is alcohol? Do we think about the fact that we may never be able to or we may struggle for the rest of our lives trying to break free from these things? We don't. Because our ego finds that this is a gratification that it can count on for the moment and it's going to hold on to that and use it and drain it from it with every drop of satisfaction that it can get from it. But back to the point. The point is this, is that we have become a society that is all about these artificial pleasures. You know, when the Department of Health and Human Services starts handing out crack pipes so that people don't have to use other substances or other ways of getting these drugs in their system. What does that say other than that the government in and of itself, doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter at all. When you have people saying who are in charge saying to us, you know, this is what we're going to do because it will make it easier for people. And the truth of it is at the core, what are they doing other than saying, this is as good as it's ever going to get. How incredibly inhumane, how incredibly inhumane to yield to this idea that it is okay for us to smoke pot and to have dispensaries to get pot, to have crack pipes delivered to us because we desperately need that crack. You know, think about that. Think about the fact that what this is saying to any number of human beings who are willing to listen, and I wish there were more, but any number of human beings who are willing to listen, think about what that says. That says to them we don't care we don't care about you finding love in your life or joy in your life or connection in your life all we care about is basically shutting you up so that you can stop complaining about how tense you are or how disappointed with life you are you know if we numb you up and we give you these artificial pleasures then what does that do for us ah for those in power it just kind of keeps a dull class of individuals who will say okay well there's You know i'm fine as long as i've got some way to ease my tension repetitively then i'm fine and i'll vote for those who will make me feel that way because that's safe that becomes the means of self-preservation as i keep in power the people who make sure that i have absolutely nothing in my life other than a reduced degree of tension think about the sadness in that you know think about the fact that as human beings we've stopped caring about whether other human beings are going to be okay whether other human beings will find their way back to a place of love in their lives as we've talked about i believe that when we are first born there is this moment and hopefully it lasts for quite a long period of time but a moment where there's a unity between the parent the child and god and in that space, in that beautiful space of magic, there is love. There is true and genuine love. And when we move away from that, what a sad thing that is. We move away, we find ourselves more focused on what's going on in the world than our relationship with God. And we let go. You know, we start focusing on what is quote unquote real and quote unquote something that leaves us less fearful. you know, And that is where we are. That's where we find ourselves just fantasizing about how we wish life could be, or worse, trying to sustain ourselves through these artificial means. But in the truth, when we think about it this way, if we want as human beings to care about other human beings, then we really have to think about how do I get these people to see things differently than they are? I'm not going to get it by telling them, here, here's a crack pipe, here, go to this dispensary and get some pot for yourself. To do so is to say to them, your life is over. As regards to connecting with other people, as regards to love that child and all those layers of adult clothing is going to stay even deeper because you've just added another layer and another and another of all these ways that you think life is better for you and it isn't any better as a matter of fact it's an illusion if you think it is better because truth be told it's worse every time we find ourselves in these place of artificial pleasure every time we find another means of artificial pleasure we move farther and farther away from actual pleasure we move farther and farther away from the possibility of reconnecting with that part of ourselves that was there when we were children, you know, those few beautiful moments when we could believe, you know, and we knew that there was love in life, and we had no doubt that we were loved, you know. It may not have been long standing, and sadly I think for many it is not. But truth be told, it was a beautiful moment. And when we give people drugs or alcohol, when we say that this is okay, you know, and society would say, yes, of course it's okay, because you know what? This person feels good. They're happy. But they're not happy. They're not really happy. It's artificial. It is a moment and nothing more. It is a moment where they are filled, but nothing more. Because they may be filled, but they're not nourished. And so when we go through life, you know, look at these individuals around us who are doing these things and who are handing off, even worse, handing off to the populace and saying to them, you know, it's okay, we're going to legalize all these substances, you know, like in Oregon. It's okay now, use your heroin, use your cocaine, use your marijuana, it's okay, feel free. And now the federal government sending to individuals who requested a crack pipe. So that they don't have to shoot up cocaine or don't have to snort cocaine you know what does that say other than we no longer really care about who you are and what you need now believe me this is not a political conversation i am not saying this in regards to any politics other than to say i think it is sad that man has stopped caring about man a long 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 time ago you know What matters for most is that they have power and that they can sustain that power and truth be told there are very few people in power who really care about the people that they allegedly serve so it isn't a political conversation because i think after everything is said and done politics is just one of the many artificial pleasures of life it doesn't serve us it doesn't serve anyone truly I know we need people to be quote unquote in charge, but I think when that charge says love doesn't matter, what matters is what it is that will make you feel better for the moment, what it is that will numb you for the moment. We have a real injustice going on in our lives, you know. But how do we, you and I, the average, everyday Joe who's not you know, in charge of anyone or in charge of anything, we barely have control over our own lives and our own existences. How do we do anything about this? I think that that's where what comes in is the importance of recognizing the aspect of living a moral life. You know we have to think about let's see, as Lewis said when he talked about the three aspects of morality. And I know, for those of you who are regular listeners, you're probably thinking, oh, good Lord, he's talking about this again. I don't think we can ever talk about it enough that we, we must think about the fact that we are all from the same family. We're all cut from the same cloth. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all sons and daughters of Christ, of God, of the Holy Spirit. We are all sons and daughters of and our mission in life isn't just to move along to try to enjoy ourselves to try to find some measure of satisfaction for ourselves though it does seem that that's the way society has always been What we are here for I believe is to help other human beings get back to that place that they were born into that place of feeling loved of feeling valued it's hard because of two things. One, it's hard for us to not want desperately to ease our own tensions, to ease our own minds. You know, but I think when we battle that by being able to say, you know, I, what I want to give is given generously, given freely. You know, it is given in order to help another human being. You know, we, we, we gain something from this experience. We gain psychological gratification for meeting the needs of other people. We get to see within them, if they're willing to experience it, to see within them that they are growing, they are changing, that they do feel loved, they do feel valued. That's why I refer to psychoanalysis and the therapy process, if it's done well, is really a process of healing through love of meeting the needs of another person, but doing so in a way that doesn't just focus on meeting their needs, but allowing them to recognize the value and the beauty of who it is they are, the child buried deep under all those layers of clothing. So that's one thing that we have to deal with. The other is the receptiveness on the part of the person that we wish to be there for. There is the rub. Because more often than not, if we can get to a place where we can battle our own demons enough to say, I want to be there to help other people, we also have to think about the fact that this other person is battling their own demons to let anybody else in. We moved and have been moved so far away from what it is that is ultimately good for us. That actual pleasure, that heaven here on earth, if we can call it that, that allows us truly to feel love, To feel connected you know when we move so far away from that level of love and that level of connection you know we get stuck in these spaces the status quo of finding gratification in ways that ultimately do not serve us but we give ourselves the illusion our ego gives us the illusion that we are actually more gratified but think about it this way is that these moments of gratification There are moments that really after everything is said and done if we were to experience these moments of gratification how many people would come along people in power will say will come along and say to us that we're indulging ourselves we're we're taking more than what it is we deserve you know we see it all the time you know if someone has something there's a demand that others get it too and how dare you have what it is i don't have these are Not truly moments of childhood jealousy as much as they are moments where the individual is experiencing a sense that there's a threat to my status quo. There's a threat to the reality that I want to have, the reality I was raised in, that myopic reality that I live in. And so we'll desperately destroy, sadly, other human beings in order to get what it is we're looking for. It's really no different than what's going on right now you know we have this government that says to us this is what we're going to do and we're going to numb the populace and this is the way it's going to be so make sure you have your cell phones make sure you have your internet make sure you have your video games make sure you have your crack make sure you have your marijuana do all these things get all these things have all these things so that you can relax we'll take care of you but the truth is they're afraid They're afraid of their status quo being challenged. They're afraid of not being the ruling class, the popular people, the people that will guide us, tell us how to live our lives, tell us what we need to do in order to make sure that their status quo is maintained. But when we think about, at a human level, you and I interacting with other human beings, we have to be willing to be receptive to letting this other person in our lives to show us that there is value to us. And when we interact with another human being after overcoming our own demons and our own status quo and hearing instead the voice inside of our ego that seeks to do what is healthy for us, when we are able to hear that and we're able to give in return what it is that we would love to give to others, in other words, to show them in this moral way back to C.S. Lewis that we do care about our brothers and sisters you know our goal is not to destroy them it is not to hurt them it is not to take advantage of them for our own benefit because if we do that then we're breaking our moral code to pieces we're not thinking about you know the fact that we are brothers and sisters we're thinking only about the fact that I want this for me and the sad reality of it is what are you getting nothing you're getting nothing You think you're getting something but you're getting nothing so you're angry at your brother you are rageful at your family you are you know keeping a distance from people it's all about fear it's all about that self-preservation and instead wouldn't it behoove you as it would for anybody else to stop long enough to say I recognize what it is I need in my life I need a closer connection with God I need a closer connection with love that can only come from God I need to step back and recognize that peace in my life. And then be able to say, you know, whatever has held me back, I need to work through. And when I offer then, once that working through has been done, and I offer then to others around me that opportunity, I need to also recognize that they're struggling with the same things. So not being angry at them, not being frustrated by them, that they're not moving as quickly as we would like. but instead recognizing that they're ruled by fear and we need to handle that gently tenderly compassionately kindly and be able to say you know I'm here for you and I'm going to keep giving to you I'm going to keep showing you that you're worth something in life we need to focus on love in our relationships with other people love and forgiveness and understanding Caring about what they're going through, caring about what they've been through. We'll all make mistakes. We will do harm to other people. I'm no different than anyone else. There are people in my life who have brought pain to inadvertently because there's never been a desire on my part to do harm to other people, to control other people. But sometimes it does end up happening that pain is caused. And for that, I seek forgiveness. I hope to be forgiven. You know, but I think we also have to be able to forgive other people to be able to say to them, you know, I understand where it is you are. I understand how afraid you are. I understand that that fear breeds the need for self-preservation. But I also understand that there's a part of you deep inside that is worth so much more that longs to feel loved and feel happy and to feel gratified. And I, by happiness, I mean true happiness, the happiness that can only come from being loved and being connected. So when you think about how sad it is that we live in the world, in society, culture, that says to us, you know, think about you, live a subjective life about what it is that's important to you, what you need, who you are. That's all that matters. Take care of yourself. Recognize that in doing so, we are turning our backs on ourselves. We're turning our backs not just on our brothers and sisters, but on ourselves. We're turning our backs on our family. And so we need to ask ourselves, you know, is this the best course? Just because we're told it is, is it truly the best course for our lives? I think when we stop long enough to think about it, we'll realize we're only doing harm to ourselves and to others by living in that world when there's such a better world for us to live in. Thank you for listening. Be well.